0: In this IO Talks episode, we shed a light on the growing popularity of alternative investments in Luxembourg, and we talk about the complexity of ESG regulation. Hi everybody, this is Raymond Franken at Investment Officer Luxembourg, and you are listening to the Investment Officer Interviews podcast. Today we talk to Corinne Lamesch, chair of the Association of the Luxembourg Fund Industry, which just finished its annual global distribution conference. The conference is about global distribution. Luxembourg as a as a global distribution hub for funds, investment funds, alternative funds, usage funds. Uh, Corinne, how does the future of Luxembourg look like when it comes to distribution?
1: So I think Luxembourg has a long-standing uh, um, DNA of glob- being a global distribution hub. That's why we are focusing one two day two days. Ag- Entirely on this global distribution. So, from Luxembourg, uh, usually fund houses set up a distribution plot or their hub for distributing around the globe um, in in over 70 countries. Uh, the funds are distributed from here. So, I think that uh, the good news is that Luxembourg has experience because even so, use its mainly it's a use its product which is used for this global distribution. Uh, is harmonized in in Europe when you distribute in other local markets you still need to know the local requirements because for example Hong Kong will have different requirements uh, than maybe uh, Saudi Arabia etc so having this knowledge is already very important then also Uh, having uh, teams which are able to uh, cater for different client needs, different languages Um, so yes I think this is in our DNA uh, global distribution. I think on the IEF side um, after Brexit uh, uh, on the alternative side, there is also now a need to find a hub like for the USITs, where you can, you know have sales or client-facing teams which could go out into many different countries for the IFs, and uh, we are also looking uh, to develop that now for the alternative funds.
0: So the alternative industry is is very much booming in, in, in Luxembourg. Would you relate that to Brexit?
1: Uh, no, I don't think I would relate that for, for uh, to Brexit. I think the alternative uh, industry is booming worldwide um, and Luxembourg is, as I said, very well positioned in the middle of Europe again. Um, to open uh, this product to many different markets, but there's also big demand from clients. Uh, as you know, you, uh, in, traditionally these funds were more uh, niche products for institutional clients, and we, ha- we are now seeing uh, much more demand also from retail clients, and um, to have access to these products, which give a long-term um, returns, they help to diversify the portfolios um, and so this is something Alfie has been uh, working on.
0: So Luxembourg clearly is a, is a European and global hub for alternative investments. W- what makes Luxembourg so attractive for the, the global investment sector in that sense?
1: So, I think Luxembourg is again in the middle of Europe, uh, uh, having experience for cross-border distribution for use, it helps obviously to uh, expand that in alternatives. But I think um, there is a, a very general Demand for these products. And that's why, obviously, when there's demand for products, you will obviously look to launch this type of products. And um, it is true that for alternatives, um, we have seen a, a, a shift from these products only being for institutional investors. So there's now a, a demand to open these products also to retail clients. Um, First, to so that they can diversify their portfolios, to get long-term returns, and um, and so this is something. And also, I think retail investors can see, as you know, another big topic is sustainability in, in products and with alternative products an investor can really see potentially how he can make an impact because these private asset funds would potentially invest in in infrastructure or a sustainable project. We, we, we,
0: we've seen some fascinating <laughs> examples of Luxembourg alternatives. Uh, the readers of investment officer are very familiar with them. We, we had some real estate uh, infrastructure funds from Australia, QIC investment corporation, doing business through Luxembourg. Uh, the, the German nuclear waste fund using the alternative funds over here. We just reported on uh, a new Rome hotel for four seasons by Bill Gates uh, that is being financed through a Luxembourg alternative fund. Uh, so, so, so really a booming market in that sense. Also thanks to Luxembourg regulation. Do, do you expect much more growth in the coming years? Could, could this be a competitor to the, the usage funds?
1: I definitely see much more growth in this space over the coming years we have seen I mean last year was a very good year and it was an asset class the growth of which was higher in percentage uh, obviously, it's still a smaller asset class than units, but the the, the growth rate was higher than the units in Luxembourg. So, um, so yes, and, and we also know that globally there's a big demand for alternative funds. So it's really a, a space where you, if you want to be relevant, you need to be. In. And what we also see is the more traditional uh, fund houses are also now developing. Um, private asset funds are going into this this area. There's, it's really also driven by demand and uh, you know it's investors are shaping what we products we, we produce for clients as they should be in the center of what we're doing and there's clearly a demand um, not only from professional investors but also now for more high network indiv- individuals to be able to access this asset class obviously with the right safeguards in place.
0: And, of course, also digital technology tokenization being a factor in here. Still, we have the the likes of uh, Vincent Mortier, the chief investment officer at Amundi, saying private investors, they should not touch the alternatives market. What, what, What do you think when you hear somebody say that?
1: I think you need to be transparent about the risk. You need to be clear that you cannot dispose as quickly of the monies you invest in these funds some are close ended uh, so you cannot touch the money at all but you know if you have a long-term investor they usually put aside money which they don't want to touch for a certain period it provides higher return um, so I personally if if I could I would invest more in private assets but the, the entry tickets I find for retail investors were too high. And obviously with Alt- the Altif review, they want to, to take away entry tickets, make it more easy for retail investors to be able to access these products. And I think it goes hand in hand with the objectives, the policy objectives of, of the European Commission, which is they want more private um, capital in, in capital markets, and this is something, a vehicle which can help achieve that.
0: And and of course alternative, it cannot be said often enough, it's a long-term investment uh, illiquid, so you cannot sell it straight on the spot. You have to be patient, but you have to accept, but you also have the projection of a, a possibly higher return on that. You, you mentioned yesterday in your opening speech at the conference also that private assets can play a big role in, in solving some of the challenges we have in society. You're touching on the financing of the uh, the, the financing needs of a, a lot of investments that need to be done in Europe, the involvement of the private sector. What role do you see for, for Luxembourg and for, for, for alternative investments? That.
1: So I think that, that this private asset funds they they can provi- provide uh, private funding for projects which are really very uh, uh, needed at the moment, like. Uh, renewable energies, uh, but in general it could be for any type of infrastructure project or whatever. And I think that f- that's why I think that at the moment we know that this funding is, is needed more than ever. Uh, in particular in the climate uh, transition, we need new funding. and. In order to transform the the framework we have at the moment uh, to be more sustainable and to be uh, closer to net zero, we need funding and we need infrastructure, we need uh, transformation. And this money cannot just come from from the public sector. It needs to come from the private sector. And that's also why, and, and people understand that, and to get an, an opportunity to be part of this, I think it's, we had this morning a panel from uh, Gen Z and millennials, and they exactly said that. They said that f- the question was asked, would you invest in such a fund? And they said yes, because we could really, if it is one which makes an impact, we could see the impact back better.
0: You highlighted the need for investor education uh, as well. We, we had also this week a uh, release by a survey conducted by the Luxembourg regulators uh, and, and a few other Luxembourg parties basically demonstrating that almost 9 out of 10 people in Luxembourg feel they don't have enough information about sustainable investments. Uh, you're making a strong case for investor education some critics are saying well basically that's the industry looking for a way to market these new types of uh, products might be a cynical view but why do you feel that is important
1: well I think um, it is important for many different factors you're you're talking about sustainable but let's just start with basic finance managing your finances I think um, you know the, 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 the retail investors and the public at large at the moment, they're facing difficult times. They need to make their uh, their months end meet. And so they need to understand that by just leaving their money potentially in idle cash, they are also losing money. Um, so just the basic concepts, that's the one thing. And then, on top of that, we are now wanting the public to help transform um, into a, c- a carbon neutral uh, environment, and in order to understand how you can participate in that by capital markets, you also need to understand not only the basics of investment but what is a sustainable investment. As you know, we're going to have a five page annex now in the prospectuses, uh, supposed to help investors understand, but Let's be very honest. It's it's not those five-page annexes which will make an investor understand what is a sustainable investment. For that, we need to accompany them, give them basic understanding of what a sustainable investing. It is, and how you can how you can via an investment do an sustainable impact. And that there will be different funds, not every every fund will be super green, there will be different shades of green and or different shades of products, and that is something the client needs to understand. Otherwise, the fund industry is going to Face uh, greenwashing accusations.
0: Do, do clients really need to understand the finesses between Article 8 and Article 9 funds? Definitely not. How, how do you, how do we translate that as an industry to, to, to people who want to? I mean,
1: invest? I I think uh, there have there have been some ideas already floating around. One of which I like really, really, very well is like for any other product we're buying nowadays you have a label which gives you from triple a green to uh to b to c with color coding and that's all the investor needs to know i think and we need to be able to to make them this rating which is a difficult task i have to be honest i mean i don't know at the moment how we would get to these ratings but you have that in real estate you have that when you buy a washing machine And then you could have the same for social. So maybe you have a super green investment, but maybe the social element would be in the bees or like amber. But you could still do, okay, what is more important for me? The triple A green, or do I also care about social? But it narrows then your investment universe because not every fund can look after all the problems in the world.
0: And of course, all these funds need to have the proper data uh, that, that's a different discussion, we're not going to touch that over here, but the complexity of this, this regulatory journey, this sustainable finance journey that we are on in Europe with MIFID, with SFDR, with the taxonomy, with uh, requirements by the CSSF here in Luxembourg as well, it, it, it's, it's making it very difficult for, for the industry also to, to, to talk to their clients about this. Uh, but what, what would you say, what, what would be a good way to communicate with clients about all these topics?
1: Well, I think um, for me, it starts in schools. We need to educate on basic environmental issues uh, or even finance, as I said. We start in primary school.
0: The, and very, basics the very
1: basics of The very basics. And, you know, young kids, they understand that there's a need for more sustainability, you know. So I think the simple con- con- uh, concepts you can already teach, also simple concepts of money. And then in high school you go a bit further and then at university but then also just in the day to day I think it's about uh, yeah I mean telling the public very basic information instead of very complicated information which we are now asked to produce but for me as I am they will no investor will read all of this detailed information. They just want to know is it a green fund, is it a social fund how green maybe they would want to know what are the exclusions but you know for the rest I think it has to be really simple, simple, simple that's my
0: Trust and confidence, of course, exactly. also very of important course, of issue. Course.
1: Yes. I think that is a, the other thing. I think we need to um, to make sure that we're not getting caught up in greenwashing accusations. So I think at the moment we are at a state of the regulation where there might be unintended because it's not everything is not clear. Um, and so there are uh, differences in interpretation of the regulation which can lead to one fundhouse interpreting something and saying that's sustainable whereas another fundhouse not. So I think the trust but we are in a difficult situation because obviously as you know everyone, the media, everyone puts pressure. We want to go fast, fast, fast. But we need to acknowledge, by going fast, not everything is perfect yet.
0: The industry has complained about this complexity also to the, the, the lawmakers in Brussels. They have said we'll come with additional guidance, which is still uh, remains to be... We're still awaiting for, for, for those additional guidance uh, on, on, on the implementation of various types of legislation and how they interact also with sustainability disclosures. Uh, uh, if there's one thing that you could say to the regulators in Brussels,
1: what would it be? On sustainable topics. On greenwashing. (laughs) I think what I would say is um, let's simplify. I, I think the exercise we are currently doing is good because I guess you need to go through the complexity of all the data you need to thereafter maybe say, okay, maybe it's too much, maybe we need to simplify but my, my my recommendation is we need to simplify. If we want to get the end investor on board, we need to have something simple to understand. For the moment, it's very complex. I'm an investment professional, and I can tell you, even me, by looking at the products, it's, it's not clear, 100% clear, what every product is supposed to be doing.
0: And regulators can help with that. They need to acknowledge that. Yes. Yeah. Corinne, thank you very much. Always a delight to speak to you. Raymond Frankenhill talking to Karin Lamesh, the chair of the association of the Luxembourg Fund Industry.
1: Thank you.